Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the city of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. So we're actually going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 12. This morning, um, it's going to be verses 1 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen behind me. Uh, But before we jump right into the scripture, there's a little bit of context I think we should explain here about the church in Corinth, what's actually going on, what is Paul talking about when he's writing to them. So um, I think the most important thing we need to understand is that Paul actually planted this church. So he Uh, was a missionary. Most of us know this. He was traveling around, um, planting churches, getting them up on their feet, and then moving on and going. But with the church in Corinth in particular, um, he actually ended up staying there for 18 months. And apart from the city of Ephesus, this is the longest he ever stayed in one place. Um, So what does that tell us? That they probably had a lot of issues (laughs) trying to get the church up and running. You can ask Brenton about that because it's been a journey, right? Um, so he stayed there for 18 months, and it's been, it's been a, a long road trying to get that community up and running. Um, and we also know from reading 1 Corinthians that this is actually not the first letter that he's written to them. Um, he mentions like communication going back and forth. He's probably met with a few people who have visited him from the church. Um, so this is actually part of a larger dialogue of, of writing back and forth, communicating back and forth with the church there. So um, sorry to burst your bubble if you thought that was, that was it, but that's, that's where we are. So 1 Corinthians is, is not the first, but there's a lot of communication that happens. So um, we have to remember that Paul knows these people well, and he probably would have known um, the issues that they would have had presented to them. He knows the church leadership. He knows some of their habits, some of the culture of the city. Um, so he probably knows what they would have been getting into. So let's keep all of this in mind as we, as we jump right into it. So in verse 1, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So let's stop there for a second. He reminds them, for some reason, that at one point, they might have been led astray before they knew Jesus. Um, Some people think this might be like a diss to them, to try to get their attention, like, hey, remember... You were messing up that one time. I know we all do this to our families around the holidays, but Paul was, he was going for them. Um, so he was reminding them that before they knew Jesus, they, they'd been led astray um, at some point. But there's an adjective here that I'm not sure I would have used when I was describing the idols. He calls them mute, silent. It's like, oh, you can't talk. Bummer. Um, like if I wanted to diss another idol, that was pretending to be God, I'd be like, that silly idol, fake, weak, trash, whatever it is. Like, I, I want to put them down a little bit, right? They're not, they're not the God that we serve. They're not the real God. Um, but Paul says mute. And he says this because it's not actually his intention to make this a contest. 
uh, in his mind, there is no contest. There's no comparison. He's just here to spit the facts. Um, he doesn't want them to be uninformed, he says. Um, and he says, there was a time where you were led astray by idols who cannot even speak. Other people speak for them, but my God speaks. And this is what it sounds like. Jesus is Lord. When we speak in the spirit, we're proclaiming Jesus is Lord. And no one can curse Jesus and be speaking from the spirit because that's not God speaking. And when we speak in the spirit, we proclaim the truth. Um, and we serve a God who's not mute, like Paul says the idols are, because when we speak in the spirit and proclaim, there are some crazy things that get to happen because other people can hear us speak. Is there some feedback? Joey, if we could get the gain down a little bit. Thank you. Um, and uh, this gives us a little bit of insight into what Paul is actually getting at here. Um, so let's continue on into verse 4. He says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So there's a pattern here in these three verses that, that Paul is, is setting up for us. He says the differences, and then there's one thing that remains the same, and that's God. It's important that he points out the different ways that God can show up in our lives, though. He says, Lord, um, God, and Spirit, right? We might say Father, Son, Spirit. We might say Healer. We might say Provider. But there are all these different roles that God can fill in our lives, it's important to take note of them that they might serve different purposes, but it's the same God, and it's the same power that supports us. So he shows up as Spirit, Lord, and God, and it's important to know that Paul is setting up here that God should be the focus of these services, works, and deeds, and, and the gifts, um, not the things themselves. So we continue on to verse 7, where he says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines there's a little bit of a, a theme there I don't know if you notice he says there's this gift but the Spirit. There's also this gift, but the Spirit. There's also that gift, but the Spirit. You see what I'm getting at here? <laughs> Paul is trying to bang it over their heads that, yes, there are all these different gifts, and they're all really great, but what's more important? That they come from the same Spirit. They come from the same God. Um, so what he's actually addressing here is in his communication back and forth from them, Paul had heard that 
the church there had fallen into a really bad habit. They had fallen for the trap of comparison. And they had created somewhat of a hierarchy, if you will, saying that some gifts were greater than others, saying that if you have this one, it's probably a higher calling. You probably have a higher place in the church. Um, and they're just doing this comparison. And when I read this, my brain kind of tends to make things dramatic. I try to see it out like a movie, how it plays out. Um, almost like they're like, hey, what, what gift did you get? You know, like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm a healer, so, you know. It's, it's kind of dramatic. It's probably not how it went out, but it, like, it kind of puts into perspective how ridiculous it is to compare these, right? It's, these are supernatural things that God is doing in and through us, and it's not about us. It's about God and that we have a God who is willing to show up in these ways in the first place, because that's crazy. There are crazy things that happen in church. There are crazy things that happen every day to those who follow Christ. Um, and as I was preparing to share this morning, uh, I felt a little bit compelled to share about myself and, and part of my story and my journey with the Lord. Um, so there should be a picture up here about, of uh, me and my dad. Yeah, that was the day that I moved into Vanguard University. It was many pounds ago. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very different than I, I was back then, right? 18 years old, fresh out of high school, very underweight. I overcorrected a little bit, so here we are, and now we're working our way back down, you know? It's all, all, all good things. Um, so anyways, that was, that was me moving in. Uh, super excited, great time in my life. I loved my time at Vanguard. Um, but one of the defining moments of my life up in that point was when I became a sophomore, I became an RA in one of the, the dorms. I got to hang out with uh, the freshman and sophomore boys in Huntington Hall. And um, during that time, that job was like, it was, it was a ministry position. It was essentially getting to pastor a floor of about 30 guys, uh, but 24 seven, because we lived with them, we couldn't get away. Um, which is exhausting, but also so rewarding, because you, you get to live and see change and growth, and it, it was an amazing experience. But um, I felt like I had a talent for it. Um, I, I felt like a lot of the gifts things that the Lord had placed on my heart, things um, that I didn't even know were there, were called out of me by other leadership and um, just allowed me to flourish in, in this position. And it was, it was a great time. I felt like I was being used by the Lord and he was using all my giftings. And it was just, it was a great time. For me, like, up until that point, it was kind of like a peak of my life. I was only 18, 19, so lots of things are peaks when you're that age. But um, yeah, um, that was, that was a, a great time in my life. And if I could be vulnerable for you with a second, there was a time in my life that happened soon after that that, that changed me even more uh, and still affects me to this day. Um, there's a reason I showed you picture of my dad and I here is because in, in 2017, sadly, he passed away. Um, excuse me. That changed me.
after he passed away, I was, I was so different. Man, you practice this and then. <clears throat> I, was, I was so different than I used to be. I was dealing with a lot of pain, and uh, <clears throat> there was one thing in particular that kept bringing me down. It, it kept getting me stuck. It stopped me from letting the Lord heal me, and it was comparison, um, and not necessarily comparison to other people. It was comparison to the old me and how I used to be. I, uh, I felt like I used to be really passionate about people when I had uh, my RA position. It was, it was like a peak, like I said. I was using all my gifts And then this thing happens, and I barely had emotional capacity to take care of myself, let alone other people. It just, it was not a, a good time. Um, so I had just turned 20, and I already felt like I had been used up. That I had my one shot. Yeah, forgive me, guys. I'm an ugly crier. It's bad. <clears throat> but um, I felt like I had used up all of my gifting, all of my anointing. I was stuck because I was missing the good old days, which was just the year before, but it was the good old days. Um, and because I was stuck like that, I wasn't able to live with who I was then, with who I am now. And I wasn't giving myself the space to learn my new strengths and the gifts that the Lord was trying to work on in me right now in the present. So getting back to this scripture, you see that Paul, he wasn't just correcting the Corinthians because they were doing church wrong or because they had some bad theology. He was correcting them because they were doing community wrong. They weren't uplifting each other. They weren't supporting each other, loving each other well. And that's a much larger mistake than one bad teaching or uh, just a mistake from the pulpit. Um, they weren't loving each other. They weren't serving each other because his point was if you're trapped by comparison, you can't serve each other fully. When you accept things for what they are and focus on the important things, like the fact that we have a God who is willing to give gifts in the first place, like the fact that we have a God who always shows up. And whether these gifts are supernatural or not, the important thing is that they play a part in his plan for redeeming each other. 
and you can almost hear <laughs> how annoyed he is with them, saying, there's a gift, but the Spirit. There's a gift, but the Spirit. There's that one too, but the Spirit. Guys, it's the Spirit. He's trying to drill this into their minds. It's not about the gifts themselves. Sorry, I lost my place. (laughs) When you focus on the gifts, you fall into the comparison trap. This has always been about God and the fact that he is willing to show up in new and miraculous ways. I had a very real moment with one of my mentors earlier this year. Um, He's been walking with me through my grief for a while, and during one of our meetings, he... uh, I was trying to express how I felt. I felt like something was off, but I couldn't quite tell what it was. And uh, I was trying to tell him, like, I'm a youth pastor now. Things are going well, but just something is holding me back. And I felt like I couldn't empathize. I felt like there was just a lot going wrong. And he caught on to, like, a bit of the pain behind that, not just the, the surface of what I was presenting, and he was like, why, why does that bother you? What, what's wrong there? And uh, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm someone, it takes me a long time to actually figure out what I'm feeling. Um, all the emotion shows up, and then I'm like, I don't know why that's there, but it's there. So anybody else like that? <laughs> yeah? Um, so we dug a little bit, and, and eventually the right answer came out, and it was because that's how I used to be. So he probably already knew that, um, but he was letting me get there by myself. And he looked me in the eyes and said, you are not who you used to be. Whew, wow, that was gross. Um, <laughs> you're not who you used to be. You're a completely different person now. And God wants to use you. I'm not going to speak for a while, guys. <laughs> After this, this is, my, this is my one for 2022, and then I'll see you guys next year. <laughs> God wants to use you now. Not the old you, not the you you wish you could be. This is a real word, guys. The Corinthians, they, they missed the point. Verse 7 tells us that the real reason 
the gifts exist is, is to serve one another and to lift up the community. And you can't do that if you're wishing you had something else, whether that's the old you, whether that's something someone else has, doesn't matter. The Spirit moves in people in so many different ways, and just because these ways are different, that doesn't mean any are greater or lesser. There should be a celebration that we have a God who can show up in new and mysterious ways, and that he empowers us to empower each other. So as the worship team comes back up, um, what does this mean for us? I don't think many of us spend much time thinking about <laughs> which spiritual gifts are better than the other, right? Might seem a little bit off, but I can almost guarantee that at one point or another, we've all fallen into the trap of comparison. Whether that's to someone else, whether that's to the old you, whether it's you missing the good old days or not. God wants to use you. Because we're called to love and serve each other in our posture with anything that the Lord has given us, especially the spiritual things, should be to allow him to use it to build up others and the kingdom. So my challenge to you today is this. I would love it if we could take a moment, close our eyes, and look into yourself. Take inventory or stock of what's going on in your life at this moment. Is there comparison present in your heart? Are the gifts you have now, not the ones you may have had in the past, the ones you have now being used to love and serve others? And if that's not the case, I want to challenge you. Try to accept things as they are. Accept yourself as you are. Because that's the person God's going to use. Not anybody else. Not the old you. He can't use you if you're trying to be what you're not. My prayer for us this week is that we would be people who use our gifts in and for our community, lift each other up, serve each other, love each other, and that we would be mindful of how we might be playing a role in God's redemptive story for someone else. It's really important, guys. God, thank you so much. <laughs> One, that I made it through this without just stopping. Um, and two, that you're so present whether it's through the gifts, Lord, whether it's through just comfort, whether it's through a friend, through community, through church. Thank you so much for being part of our lives. I pray that as we go throughout this week, we'd be able to take note of things we might be comparing on, things that might be dividing us, stopping us from loving or serving someone else. And I pray that we'd learn to accept things as they are, in order to be used by you and be part of whatever your bigger plan is for our lives and for the people around us. We love you so much. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. 
We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at refugechurchoc. We hope to see you again soon.